0: This is Science Friday. I'm John Dankosky. Earlier this week, we saw some amazing images coming from a vending machine-sized spacecraft as it hurtled intentionally into an asteroid. It was called the DART mission for Double Asteroid Redirection Test, trying to see if a small impact caused by humans could be enough to change the path of some future asteroid on a collision course with Earth. Joining me now to talk about the mission and how it went is Nancy Chabot. She's the DART Coordination Lead and a Planetary Scientist at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory. Welcome to Science Friday, Nancy. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been an
1: exciting week and uh, glad to be here.
0: Yeah, it has been an exciting week. So how do you think everything
1: went? Uh, everything was a smashing success. I mean, (laughs) I think that's the the (laughs) words to use for the day. Uh, Yeah, I mean, people uh, have worked on this for years. Uh, NASA started funding this back in 2015 here at the Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab. But really, it was an idea that the international community wanted to do even before this. And it's just such an exciting day that now we've taken this first step and we're getting all this great data rolling in and trying to take this next phase of, okay, what did this mean for how effective might this be in the future for deflecting asteroids if we needed it?
0: How hard was this to do? I mean, how much precision did it take to hit this little tiny moon asteroid so far out in space?
1: Yeah, and you left out the part where we had never seen what it looked like before. So, (laughs) you know, if you just want to add to the complexity (laughs) there, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, so you are targeting a small asteroid in space that had never been uh, seen before, so you weren't sure of its shape. You had some general idea of the size, but, you know, the specifics of how it would be lit by the sun, all of that was unknown. And you need to target it at very high speed, right, in order to have a measurable deflection. So you're going at 14,000 miles per hour towards an object that you've never seen before. It's uh, right next to another asteroid, Didymos, that's brighter and larger. And so you can't actually tell the difference between Dimorphos and Didymos until within the last hour of the mission, Um, And so they had to make the spacecraft smart. And that's where they developed SmartNav, the set of algorithms that uses the camera images on board and interpreted those images, interpreted which one was Didymos and Dimorphos, fired each of the little thrusters just the right way. And uh, all of this happened while it was 7 million miles away from the (laughs) earth. The spacecraft was fundamentally operating on SmartNav, flying itself, steering itself in order to do that collision. And a Those images were fabulous to see here on the Earth and uh, are really giving us a lot of good science that we're doing to understand these asteroids. But they were crucial in order for using that system on board in order to find that asteroid and target it. When
0: it gets closer, the asteroid kind of looks like just a a big pile of rubble, like a like a gravel pit hurtling through space. Is that what you expected it to look like?
1: I, I think we all had different expectations, but yeah, from other asteroids that we've seen, sort of a big pile of rocks is uh, is sort of what they are. Um, we shouldn't think of them as like these one solid chunks of material necessarily. They seem to be loosely bound together, boulders and smaller rocks and pebbles, all of different sizes, um, you know, kind of just thrown on there all together. And so when we did see that, that's sort of like, wow, okay, I guess this is this is, you know, maybe what makes up asteroids. One thing that's interesting um, scientifically also is that Dimorphos is actually the smallest asteroid that's ever been visited by a spacecraft. So we had seen these other asteroids, and we had seen they kind of looked like piles of rock. And we're like, but maybe once you get smaller, they won't just be piles of rock. Well, this one still looks like a big <laughs> pile of rocks. Uh, so that's a that's kind of a moving the bar for what we understand about asteroids already. Just those images that were shared and everybody experienced at the same time for understanding what these smaller size objects look like, which is important for planetary defense, because these are the sorts of objects, there's more of them out there, this is the population that's a priority for NASA to find these few hundred meter size objects. Um, But it's also interesting scientifically to understand what the smaller size of asteroid looks like and what does that mean for how things evolve in the solar system.
0: So so as you've said, the the big idea of this mission is to see if you can move the path of an asteroid like this so that you can provide some planetary defense. Do we know yet from the data how well that part of the mission worked?
1: So how much did we move the asteroid? We're still working on that. Uh, But it's also this data of how much material was ejected off the surface is an important component because that's essentially a lot of the unknown. Uh, We knew what the mass of the spacecraft is. We knew the velocity we're coming in with, You know, we could sort of understand what momentum we would transfer based on that. But we're getting this extra push we expect because of all of this material ejected off the surface, like a little rocket engine that's really enhancing the deflection. Now, how much? That's where we are. (laughs) Actively going on, still getting that data and still trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah. So this mission, of course, took quite a bit of time and planning to pull off. How much advance warning would you need to pull off something like this if there if there was a threat? I mean, in the movies, you know, we'd hear President Morgan Freeman say, you have 24 hours, and and somehow or other everything would rally. I mean, what would you really need to get up there and use this in a way that could, if we needed to, save the earth?
1: Yeah, that's a, I think this, uh, I actually really kind of love fun movies. So I don't, I, you know, I'm not trying to (laughs) throw any shade at, you know, at there, but you know, we're trying to create like this, uh, different reality where we're not finding these things at the last minute. So if you find the asteroids and once we've have them and we're tracking them, people can understand where they are really for like 50, a hundred years, this is completely reasonable. So if we find the asteroids, we can very realistically be in a position where we're assessing if they're a threat to the earth and having, decades potentially in order to do something about it. And that's what you would want, right? You know, it's not going to make for a very fancy movie, (laughs) but uh, it's a reality that we could realize. And something like Dart then would be realistic where you would do this many years in advance. And uh, it would be this small collision um, that would add up to a bigger change in its position with time and a disaster averted without a bunch of fanfare (laughs) or anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A a last thing for you, people who work on space missions like this. Many of them have long-term goals, like a deep space probe that you can imagine hurtling out into space for millions of years and maybe being found by some civilization a long time from now, or a a Mars rover that is giving us wonderful data for, for decades to come. This project was essentially, we're gonna build this really cool thing and we're gonna crash it and we'll never see it again. And I guess I'm just wondering, as someone who helped to make that happen, how do you feel about that?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, I think all of us here at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab, uh, you know, especially people here, like, designed that, right? They built it, you know, and a lot of people like to think of it as, oh, they they must be really attached to it. And, and in some ways, it's, no, it's like you built this so it could have its moment, right? I mean, this was, hmm. this was why you did it, so it could have this moment of glory and do what it was designed to do you know, you're really looking at thousands of people over years. um, And I think everybody is is proud of the DART spacecraft.
0: Hmm. Well, congratulations on this amazing effort. Nancy Chabot is the DART coordination lead and a planetary scientist at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.